What you hear in the back right now was captured during the blessing of the exhibition Wahini, 10 days ago, at the opening ceremony. The four women from Wahini were here, calling the 150 people present around the installation while Thomas was blessing and holding the space to honour the women. And now we're all singing together. That was such a special moment. I am Lauren Besky, and you are listening to The Woven Women. We are a touring multimedia arts initiative that gives a voice to women around the world. Through sound stories and photography portraits, we create immersive exhibitions where communities can come together and hear the stories of local women. Welcome to the first chapter of The Woven Women. Starting our journey in New Zealand, Aotearoa, this first chapter focuses on the stories of four Māori women, and it is called Wahini, which means women in Te Reo Māori, the Māori language. You know, never ever bow down to anybody. Stand up, your mama whenua. We have power that most of us don't even realise is there. I think she showed me what it looks like to be a successful Māori woman. Nana Wahini is the ultimate. This second episode is about Cindy Teata, Charting her journey from a challenging childhood to an abusive adult life, Cindy shares how her ancestresses taught her strength in the face of adversity. Cindy is now a majestic Māori woman and her experiences have given way to a wider wisdom, one that recognises that woman's pain is universal, or as she puts it, Wahini is... is Wahini. (laughs) This episode was created for the exhibition Wahini, which was in Nelson, New Zealand, until last Sunday, the 16th of February 2020. If you didn't get a chance to experience it, the exhibition will be opening again in Nelson's region very soon. If you would like to see Cindy's photography portrait that featured in the exhibition to enhance that connection, you can visit our website, thewovenwoman.org, under the podcast section. That's enough from me. Now, let's immerse ourselves in Wahini, chapter one of The Woven Women. Welcome, Cindy Teata. I always admired these women that had kowai moko. I always looked and thought, oh, my God, they look just majestic. And funnily enough, when I got mine done, my partner said that to the kaitai, he said, you made my missus look majestic. That word just wasn't in my vocabulary at the time, but when he spoke it, I thought, actually, it's quite appropriate because I felt that way. I felt empowered, I guess you could say. I felt empowered. And when I first came back to Nelson, because I was probably one of the first faces that had moko, and the racial comments that I got, and this guy in this Pākehā do with like a mullet, and his BMW drove past me, and I could read his lips, and he goes, ooh, fucking ugly. And I thought, well, that's cool. And that just made me feel stronger. And I thought, okay, so I'm pissing you off. <laughs> but 
he had no idea what was happening within me at the time. You know, I, I feel so privileged and so honoured to carry this on my face because it's a story not just about me but about my ancestry, my children, everything. And it's also about Te Ao Māori, Te Ao But mum broke down crying and she goes, I said, but what's wrong, mum? And she goes, oh, you look like nanny. So we found these old photos and stuff and it's identical to what my grandmother had. <laughs> My Māori name is Teata, named after my great-great-grandmother. I was so privileged to take on my nanny's name because she was a warring, fighting female chief that came down in the Hekinga in the migrations from the North Island. I was a little bit apprehensive at first because I thought, damn, these are big shoes to fill. And I did meditate and spent time by myself, talked to my tūpuna, had karakia, had prayers, to make sure that I wasn't stepping on anybody's toes. And only one uncle come back to me and said, no, you can't do that. And once again, my mum come to the battle and she goes, step the fuck off. My daughter's got every right to have this name. And teata means the dawn, the emergence, the awakening, which in some ways I feel like I've been part of with my family, with myself, and yeah. But the the crappy life that I went through I think I earned that name, pretty much, and that's what I said to my family, you know. It was a, it was an awakening that I had to go through at the time. My mother had to leave us when we were very young because my father beat her up. And, and being the oldest, I had to answer the door to the police and everything and hide my sisters in the wardrobe. But nine times out of ten, my mother would be driven away by an ambulance, she'd have a fractured skull or something really nasty to happen to her from Dad. She didn't grow up learning the language or didn't want to know about the culture because she was so badly mistreated. She did love her family, she loved being a Māori, but she didn't know how to um, work her way into this world, really, and she still felt unaccepted because of the treatment that my dad gave her. But my mother was so hospitable. She used to take anybody in and look after them, give them a bed, feed them. And sometimes Dad would get upset just through his own insecurities because my mother was beautiful. She was an absolutely beautiful lady, and she still is to this day. In a way, it's a shame. It's a shame that Dad was insecure and Mum was beautiful. <laughs> Otherwise, it probably would have worked out different. I'm sure we're not the only family that went through that stuff. You know, I love being the oldest, say I do. Sometimes I think, oh, Jesus, I've got so much responsibility. I've got to be the upstanding one, and actually it's quite the opposite. <laughs> what I went through with mum and dad was the drinking and the abuse and everything, my sister and I, and then our younger sisters are about eight years, nine years difference. So by that time, mum had left. She had no choice, otherwise she wouldn't be alive. Dad was in rehab. And I think I was 10 at the time. Because I know my sisters were freaking out. And they, you know, they used to huddle up to me and go, Cindy, we don't want to be separated. I was the mother uh, up until the age of 14. I left home. I went to Māori Affairs trade training. 
seeing my, my sisters off to their first day at school as well, that was pretty magic. Probably the most embarrassing thing for me was when at that stage, you know, I started having my period. Dad would go, oh, so do you need some plugs? I'm like, what? These were tampons. Oh, God, how embarrassing is this? When I first got on, I was like, oh, shit, what do I do about this? And and I remember telling my dad, and he says, oh, no, it's normal. And that was it. It's normal. And I thought, well, so what do I do with normal? <laughs> Especially when you're young and you usually menstruate for at least a week. And honestly, I even said to my sister, Jules, I says, sis, if I die, can you look after the girls, like the twins? And she was like, why are you bleeding? I said, I don't know. I can't fucking stop it. <laughs> Now it was it was scary. Honestly, it was very scary, not having a woman to talk to and not understanding what's happening. And I, I tended to cling on to women that I admired, whether they were teachers or um, church people. So I found my way through it. <laughs> Put it that way. All I wanted, to be honest, was to have a happy family. I wanted to dispel all those myths about, you know, breaking the cycle, and I was hoping that would work out. So when my first child was born healthy, because I had two miscarriages and an abortion, so my oldest is 29 now. She's the most beautiful girl you'd ever come across. But with my boys, my oldest son is 18, that's Jordan, and, yeah, Israel's 16, just turned 16 in August. Like 16 going on 18, Jordan's 18 going on 24. <laughs> well, mentally, you know. I can't even finish the sentence. He goes, I know. And I said, do you know what I'm going to say? And he goes, I know. <laughs> but I was like that. So I'm thinking, yeah, this is payback. But no, I'm proud of my kids. And they're very respectful. And plus I had my daughter who would be 21 this year. She would have been 21. My baby that I held in my arms for half an hour because uh, it was an incompetent cervix and she was born premature, but we were poor and a Māori family. They gave her to me in this little bloody fruit basket, said there's nothing we can do, and I pleaded with them. Honestly, I was crying. I said, oh, please, please, can we do it? No, we can't do nothing. And they were really cold. So I just thought, stuff you guys, you know, I'm going to give my, my daughter the best quality of life she's got while she's here. So yeah, I held her and cuddled her so tight. And when she did pass away, I mean, we had those few minutes together and they kept coming in and I just, fuck off. Because I just wanted that me and her time. So I named her Anahira, which means angel in Māori. And she's buried out at Richmond, and we go and visit her quite often. So she was one of the graves that got trashed out there. And all these vandals went went through the children's cemetery. I was gutted. So that's probably the hardest thing I ever went through. So I felt responsible because I was in an abusive relationship, and I, the autopsy said later on, you know, too many beatings. It was bloody hard. <laughs> You know, that's something, something I, it's a strength that I can share with other females that go through that. So I, I used to go up to the hospital and visit women that were going through the same thing. Although I didn't tell them at the time, you know, I've been through the same thing. I just wanted to be there to help them and nurture them through. So 
somewhere in heaven, she's playing around. And I have to remind myself, you know, just because I'm a Māori and I've been through this shit, it doesn't mean that Pākehās don't go through that. And some of them have been ruthlessly honest with me and told me what they've gone through. I'm like, holy Cindy, pull your head in, you know. These guys are just, sorry, these women are going through similar or the same stuff that you've gone through. So some of my best friends now are Pākehās. As Māori, people always point the finger, crime, incest, the whole lot. And to meet Pākehā ladies that are going through that or have been through that, I can empathise with them. So I I really had to um, pull my head in and think, shit, Cindy, you know, there's some genuine people out there, it doesn't matter about the colour of their skin, and wahine is is wahine. (laughs) To be a wahine Māori, a staunch one as well, you have to factor in all of those things, every crap that you've been through. Put them all onto one big bloody box and chuck out the stuff that you don't want anymore. And that took a long time for me to come to terms with that. Sit down and meditate and kick that to the curb. That's not going to do any favours and carry that one on because that that will help you. So my best suggestion to Wahine, deal with the baggage. Deal with the baggage, get rid of it because it's always going to have an impact on your life if you don't. Going back to us as Māori women, we were warriors back in the day, but we were also mums, we were lovers, we were caregivers. And in today's world, we need to accentuate that more. Every day I try and live and uphold what my female ancestress did as well. My mother, my grandmother, and I look at them, I envy them because they're so selfless. Everybody else is before them. And I think if we all acted like that, then the world would be a much happier place. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Before I leave you, I want to share what a wonderful learning and human experience this project has been. I feel so blessed that these inspiring women welcomed me into their lives, and I am forever grateful that they allowed themselves to be vulnerable to me and to you. So if you like this podcast, It would mean the world to me if you shared it with your friends or shouted about it on social media. And don't forget to use the hashtag, TheWivenWomen. I would also be very grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcast or your favourite app. That all helps a lot in ranking this show and making it more accessible to the rest of the world. And if you have any comments or questions, just leave a comment below. Um... I just listened to the four stories of the woman and um, I thought they were really interesting and beautiful but you can feel in every story how even though maybe their history could be a bit rough or bad or hard they all look very positively at their life which is really powerful and makes their story even stronger 
one of the other ladies said you need to deal with your own stuff leave behind what you want to leave behind and take the rest with you and that's something I have been doing as well so it's something that really stay with me so uh, yeah I'm very glad to be able to listen to these different stories and uh, it's always nice to hear the life of someone else Next week, we'll hear Janice's powerful story. She's Cindy's mum. Her testimony is raw, moving and humble. Although her life has been painful and challenging, she has so much love to give and will inspire all of us. I just love life, dear. Yeah. I care about people. I'm very humble to people. I've got a lot of love to share with people. The love I never got when I was young. I'll always keep my humbleness no matter what. My nana would said to me, humbleness goes a long way. What you give, you get three times much back. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you subscribe to the Woven Women podcast today so you get to hear Janice's story next Thursday. I should mention one more thing. I had planned to release longer versions of each sound portrait, but something happened over the last week. The exhibition Wahini was such a success and touched people so much that we all think Wahini should keep growing and travel around New Zealand. So instead of publishing the extended versions of each story, the stories of more Māori women from New Zealand will come along for you to hear, and I am so excited to share them with you. Until then, Kiara, and thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.